an interpreter will help person that is a limited English proficient individual understand what is being said in English to their language or vice versa. A translator, which I also am, is does the same thing, but with the written word. The other thing that you can utilize an interpreter is to learn a language. Interpreters are, are should be should be masters of their language, and they should be able to explain to you in a very childlike manner the definition of a word, the explanation of it, and why that word is being utilized. Yeah. So you sort of have to be a master of language in in your own sense. Hopefully that explains what an interpreter and a translator are. Welcome to the Land Life Podcast with your host, PJ Riley. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Land Life Podcast. My name is PJ Riley. Guys, if you're getting value from this podcast, if you're learning a lot, make sure you like, subscribe. Make sure when you go to iTunes, Spotify, any of those types of places, uh, leave a comment. Good comment, bad comment, you know, your hat looks dumb, you know, I don't know, your background looks bad, or a good comment. You can always say that too. That's that's always uh, appreciated. But leave some sort of comment. Uh, that really helps us out a lot. Guys, at the end of the podcast, our, our guest today, uh, Rico, is going to leave a way where you can contact him, where you can follow up the conversation if, if what he says is resonating with you. So make sure you stick around for that so that, you know, when you get to the end, you're like, dude, I want to keep talking to this guy. I want to, I want to learn from him. I need an interpreter. Uh, uh, and then you can, you can contact Rico. Uh, yeah, guys. So today our guest Rico Aviles, um, he's an interpreter with, uh, he owns language ninja solutions. Uh, he's got his own podcast. Uh, he's a Bra Brazilian jujitsu purple belt. This dude's got all kinds of cool shit to talk about. So, um, Rico, how's it going, man? It's going good, man. I appreciate you for having me. That was probably the best pronunciation of my name in, in years. Was that off? How bad no, was that? It? Was probably the best pronunciation. No, it was good. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, I thought you were like, no, it's 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 oh, Johnson. It's you know, it's a uh, the, the A is silent. The word, the, the word, <laughs> no. The A, the B, no, the God, I, the no. L, the E, God, and the no. S are all silent. It's Johnson. You messed it up. I had someone one time call me Savila, and I'm like, that's my name backwards, you dumbass. <laughs> like, that's literally, they're like, Savila, Viza, Viza. Yeah, like, it's, it's, ugh, God. Ugh. Read your lines, yeah, man, Ron thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. So what part of the country are you in now? I'm in Missouri, my man. I'm in Springfield, Missouri, for the people listening, too. All right. So, I mean, an interpreter, I've never had an interpreter on here. I don't even, mm -hmm. I wouldn't even know where the, the business of, of an interpreter it begins, ends. So kind of give us a like a, a rundown of who you are and what got us to the yeah. point we're at right now. Yeah, no, beautiful. Um, my full name is uh, Ricardo Abdel Avilas Avilas. I'm a native of Puerto Rico Island. And by a native, I mean I was born, raised, and educated there for 19 years. After much thought, I ended up joining the U.S. Army as a 31 Bravo, a military policeman. And with that being said, I left the island. And ever since then, I haven't looked back. Uh, that was in 2008. Uh, I ended up getting out of the Army in 2013. Did some time in the reserves. Uh, moved to a couple places to, to do some gigs as a GS, which didn't pan out. And then I ended up moving back to Missouri. And I've been here, you know, practically I would come and leave for a year or so or two. And then I would just come back. It kept calling to me. And in 2017... I decided to go freelancing. I had been interpreting uh, on and off for like the military. I got my DLPT. So as an MP, 
you interact with the public a lot. A language, an extra language is a, an amazing skill. And I got out and started freelancing. So to say, it's really difficult to freelance. Uh, so, you know, we're still young. 2017, it's 2022. 2020 um, healed the, the interpreting industry uh, very hard. With everything happening, uh, everything shuts down, then nobody needs language access. Nobody needs interpreters and whatnot. Uh, so that's pretty much where we're at. As far as what an interpreter does is that that's actually a great question. Most people don't even bother to ask. They just assume they know. Interpreter will help a person that is a limited English proficient uh, individual understand what is being said in English to their language or vice versa, right? Via the spoken word. A translator, which I also am, is does the same thing, but with the written word. So where I have extensive experience is I'm a pretty okay interpreter, which has done a lot of cases in the legal field, ranging from human trafficking, gangs, a lot of domestic violence cases, a lot of child trafficking, sex trafficking, uh, gangs, drugs, and... Oh, yeah. And my favorite one is helping get someone laid on Tinder. Uh, that's, okay. that's probably my favorite one. So you can use an interpreter for a plethora of things. Uh, every time you go somewhere, I highly encourage someone, if you have the money, to have someone who speaks the language on standby. I have my friends who, when they go to Spanish-speaking places, I'll do like a little assessment for them of the area with the Department of State website. It, it has really good information in there when you travel overseas. Uh, like, hey, these areas are hot as of intelligence from this year and this time. So, like, that's a really good thing to do. And the other thing that you can utilize on interpreters is to learn a language. Because interpreters are, are should be should be masters of their language. And they should be able to explain to you in a very uh, childlike manner the definition of a word, the explanation of it and why that word is being utilized. So you sort of have to be a master of language in, in your own sense. Hopefully that explains what an interpreter and a translator are. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's super interesting. So you're in the military and you get, you become an interpreter and a, and a translator. I guess you would probably be both then. If translators written, interpreters verbal mm -hmm. or spoken, you probably have to do both. I'm guessing you're, you're, you're off. What, what were you at in the military? Afghanistan, Iraq, are we talking? And, and, uh, and if you're I was a Spanish-speaking in, uh, interpreter, how is that relating out there? How is that working out there? So it didn't relate out there. Oh, it didn't okay. relate out there at all. But the beautiful thing was is I certain people have a knack for, for languages. I have a pretty decent lack for languages. Like right now, I've been learning two other languages for the past five years. Wow. But Which other languages? <laughs> Uh, Portuguese, and then the other one is a uh, sign language. Nice. Uh, sign language, it's it's a lot harder, but I want to learn sign language just to be able to communicate effectively with other people. Yeah, that's just yeah, a that's passion really cool. project. Portuguese, just because of jujitsu. Mm. Um, <laughs> but it's it's more of I was I was a I wasn't an interpreter in the military. I took the the DLPT, which is the Defense Language Proficiency Test for Spanish, and with that, it gave me uh an additional skill identifier, an ASI, which basically was for Spanish. Hmm. So 
when I graduated basic, I went straight to Iraq, like out of basic. Mm-hmm. Most people don't aren't aware of that. Like within 30 days, I was in, in Iraq. Yeah. And in Iraq, you rely a lot on your interpreters. Now, me, myself being an interpreter, and thank God we never had any issues, you can kind of sort of tell like when, when an interpreter is is doing their job, right? Uh, number one, I mean, there should never be like a, like if I say like like a lot of things and then the interpreter goes, mana, mana. <laughs> like I just spoke for a, for a minute. Yeah. Do you know how many words a person can say in a minute? A shit ton. And you just said, mana, mana. You know, like, yeah. like that's when you have to be careful because you have the, the, the point of an interpreter is to say, to, to give you the best context in your language that I can with the information that is presented to me. And then I have to regurgitate that in another language, right? Now, a lot of times, one of the issues that you'll run into is people will say, well, I had a shitty interpreter because I didn't understand a word they were saying. Well, that depends on the context because I get that a lot when we go into the court and people go, I don't understand what what deposition means. I don't understand what to be deposed. I don't understand what evidence H1. Like, I don't, that's not my fucking problem. (laughs) Like, like that's what you're, that's what a person, Hey, I, can you explain this? Cause I've had people do that in court. What does this mean? And the attorney goes, and then I go. So that's the beauty of being an interpreter is it is not your job to explain shit. It is your job to regurgitate the information. Yeah. That's it. That is, that is the sole purpose of a fucking interpreter. It is not to be an attorney to get legal advice. It is not, to, to be a psychologist, like, oh, this person's feeling sad. No, you're there to tell a message that is being conveyed so the person understands, and that way we can all go on our merry ways, right? Yeah. That is the main purpose. Now, there are ethical guidelines, obviously, and there's also certain things that I always tell my interpreters, like exigent circumstances. If life, sight, or limb is in danger, then you you break you break role and you, you start assessing and doing what you got to do, right? Like sure. if someone says, if someone in the middle of interpretation says they want to kill themselves and I'm interpreting and no one does anything, no, ooh, stop, yeah. we're done here. That's it. I, I need to make a phone call because clearly you you haven't made a phone call in the past five minutes. Um, So this yeah. needs to be addressed. I can't leave this person in good conscience by themselves Absolutely. here, you know? The other reason is law enforcement needs interpreters all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, believe it or not, you just don't see us. That's that's where the whole language ninja thing comes, right? Yeah. Um, politicians, when whenever you see politicians go to another country and you see those tight pictures of them like like this, right? What you don't see is over here behind the curtain is the interpreter going like this, like <laughs> with a notepad. And it's so funny you'll laugh with a fucking notepad going like this, really? trying to take notes and shit like that. Yeah, dude. That's that's why I say interpreters are language ninjas. Yeah. You just don't see it. We're like flies on the walls. Like we know everything. Like, dude, I know interpreters that know about fucking like like peace treaties and shit like I'm that. Sure. That, yeah. Yeah. That they're like they're like can't talk about it, you know. Mm-hmm. And amongst interpreters, you know, when we get together, you know, if I see them because I rarely see these people, they'll you yeah. know we'll, we'll share stories. But there's a lot that an interpreter will probably know about someone that they don't want them to know. You know, yeah, I'm sure the liability there is pretty intense too. Like, in what in what sense? Well, if you if somebody tells you, for example, or somebody asks you for legal advice, you know, you're in a court setting and they're like, I don't understand okay. what this means, and you so, tell them the wrong information, then you are no longer an interpreter and you are you are deposable. 
You yeah. can be deposed. You can be deposed automatically. The problem is people don't know that because no one ever has the balls to fucking do that to the interpreter. Because yeah. I've told that to interpreters. I go, hey, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, callate la boca. Yeah. You know, callate la fucking boca. And people look at me weird. And I'm very, like, upfront. Like, I don't, I don't sugarcoat shit. You know, I don't need to gain more weight. So the problem with that is that you have to understand, again, have a high ethical, ethical, high as fuck ethical um, professionalism. Yeah. And you also have to understand that not there to help. You're just yeah. not there to help. So you have to be you have to be very strong willed. You have to be very strong, not strong. Um, you have to be very emotionally you have to have you have to be very emotionally mature mm -hmm. to do some of the stuff that I've done. And yeah. unfortunately a lot of people say they can, but then after, you know, six months, they're like losing their hairs and they start having yeah. post traumatic stress. Or they start having problems in their marriage or they start having problems because they don't realize that they're seeing some things that they're not talking about and it's bothering them. And then they go home and they take that shit home. And then next thing you know, you know, you open up a bottle and there goes two bottles. And I've seen that happen with some of my people. Mm -hmm. I was pretty lucky. We were talking offline about this. Like I didn't realize that I was pretty desensitized until later on, you know. So, yeah, man, that's that's just how it is. All <laughs> right, not so for the week. The what was that catalyst? What was that thing that moved you from? So, so you're, you're an interpreter in the military. When you get out, who came to you and was like, hey. No, no, no. I was an MP. I was an MP in the military, but I had an interpreting, identifying uh, skill. So okay. I was an MP the whole time. I was a military policeman in law yeah. enforcement. And unfortunately, they needed me a lot of times because they would get into situations where we had a situation one time, for example, uh, it was at Fort Leonard, Missouri, right? Mm -hmm. Fort Leonard, Missouri was called uh, trade doc, which is training doctrine. It's where they train people. That's what that base is for. for okay. fucking training. And we had a situation where these people came from out of country to see their kid graduate who was here legally. And they, they didn't have like, people didn't understand the papers that they were showing them. And the people were talking in Spanish and people started getting agitated. Yeah. People don't have good control of their emotions. Sure. And I got called and it's like one in the fucking morning. So I put on my uniform I go to the fucking PMO. I grab a gun. I grab a belt. I sign my timesheet. Look at the bolos. Because, like, at this point, I'm already fucking up. So I might as well grab my gun and go. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because I don't know what the fuck is going to happen. And when I get there, the dude is like, my kid's about to shit themselves. And I need to use the bathroom. I've been trying to tell this guy to move the fuck out of the way. My kid's about to shit himself. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. And I, like, yo, you, come here. Yo, escort that kid in there with the mom. <laughs> and I said, listen, man, like we I can't let the kid with the dad. I'm sorry. I can't let I have to see because I don't know if you have drugs or anything. Yeah. You know, so we had to search the kid, do a pad and dude, it was nothing. It was just a miscommunication, man. You know, but think about how how fucking much more wilder that would have gotten if I wouldn't have yeah. appeared. And it's like, oh, like, OK, I know what's happening. This is what's being said. You know, yeah. like that's 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 where that comes from. Yeah. So, so you get out of the military and and now you have basically a business where you're the, the main guy, right? Yeah. You are the business at this point. Um, yeah. How did you build that? Like, so, so building a business is, is a lot different than just doing a job, right? You know, when you just being the guy that swings the hammer, you know what I mean? You building that business, there's, there's marketing, there's um, uh, sales, there's all these different things that have to go into that. Yeah. How are you selling yourself as so, the guy? That's so that's, 
that's the number one thing that I have an issue with is selling myself because like we were talking earlier offline is it's really difficult for you to walk up to people when they ask you what you do. You're like, oh, I'm an interpreter, but I also have a podcast. And, you know, for the past three years, I've been doing trying to do stand up and I also do this and I'm a dad and I do jujitsu. And obviously to the people that um, don't work hard enough, they go, well, there's not enough hours in a day to do that. And it's like, well, you're just sleeping too much. You know, that's that's my answer to that. My second answer to that is you just have to start because I'm still building still. I'm still building. And it's such niche that the problem is that the things that you you start to learn when you're a business is there's a million other things that you could do that brings revenue to your business. That doesn't necessarily mean doing the same thing that you're doing. For example, I teach interpreters. I teach interpreters about different classes. My classes are all certified through the state you know they're worth credit hours and stuff like that so like that's one of the things that i started doing with so many years of experience and then you start building your email list and then every time you go somewhere you know you just handshake someone it's like hey i speak spanish you speak spanish well hey i'm a certified interpreter so it's really difficult one of the things that has helped me really uh get into my community and um learn more about business is a little thing called 1 million cups. Um, never heard where are you at? You never, never heard of it? Never heard of it. What is that? Okay. 1 million cups is, and you should clip this and put it on YouTube because everybody should go to their 1 million cups. 1 million cups is an entrepreneur networking event. And I say networking with giant laser guns because it doesn't feel like any networking event I've ever been to. And I've been going to it for four to five years. And it's ran by the Kaufman Foundation. What it is, is that every every local, like we have like four or five in Missouri, where every it's every Wednesday, nationwide, all 1 million cups light up at 8.30 till 10. A business does a presentation of what their business is about. People Q&A him and people give him advice. Then you stay and mingle for a little. Normally you get some really good information out of that. Like really, really good information. So that's one of the ways that I've been trying to push my interpreting skills, my podcast and all that I do. But it's really difficult because, you know, I started late in the game entrepreneurial wise because I had already had all this government experience and all this private experience. And I had reviews and I had people that, you know, knew me. But it was really it still is really difficult, especially after COVID. You know, it's been a reset button for us because we, you know, when when I stopped doing trafficking cases and immigration stuff that killed what was like 90 percent bringing me income. But then on the other hand, I was giving out a shit ton of stuff for free because there was attorneys that they just didn't have the money to pay for 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 services. And I was like, well, you know, I'm the guy who has the skills and the maturity to handle this. So I'm going to do it. So I gave away hundreds of hours on pro bono on a lot of cases that I did. So and now I'm just stuck with all these stories. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of good stories to tell, though. So you got to write a book, too. Then that's, that's uh, kind of... it's funny. It's funny you say that because I actually am. Oh, there we go. So what, the next time we follow up, we'll do a we'll have your book on here and we'll be able to talk oh, yeah. about that. Yeah, absolutely. I'll send you a once it's all said and done. It, it'll be titled Chronicles of a Language Ninja. That's so pretty cool. The title of the book. And it's just the stories of the stuff that I've, I've done. Yeah. I've seen and all the people that we've been able to to help and save at the same time, you know, but you can't. Absolutely. Save them all. 
Do you mind sharing a story? Because I mean, it's yeah. really interesting. There's nobody that's listening to this. Maybe not nobody, but not a lot of people that are listening to this that oh, are like, oh yeah, that. I know all about that world. I don't, saw it on, don't. you know, there's not a lot of people. So they're all probably like, well, give me something. Give me something that's a, like interesting, uh, you know, that, that's, uh, that, that's been in your world that you feel comfortable telling it. Like a story of something that I've done, seen or something like that, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Something you work with. Maybe you were at court working with these people that did this case or did that, you know, did, did something in, in, in that, in that genre, that world that kind of bring us into that world. Just give us a little sneak peek. I'll, I'll give you one that I tell, I tell a lot in, in person. We had a case that we ended up calling the Maury case. Okay. Uh, this was a long time ago. And this was an out of state case that I was the interpreter via, which is funny because I have two other cases that are very similar to this, but this one stuck with me because um it was a child who was very young and had a lot of medical problems i couldn't breathe well it had dysmorphia like it it didn't have proper it had the child had 37 percent. i remember the doctor saying less muscle mass than what a child at that age should and the child was not developed in the head like it would just it was really bad man and we kept asking the mom we by me i mean the cps lady and the the attorneys you know, who the dad is. And she would always give a name and then we'd call the dude and he'd be like, yeah, I'll take a DNA test. No problem. And then it was like, you are not the father. And after the 10th or 11th time, the kid was doing really bad and they did some blood work. And when they're doing blood work for a procedure that they were doing, the kid needed a, an organ. And I remember getting a call. I'll never forget this. It was 630 in the afternoon. And it's funny because I've had two other cases that were like this, that it was the exact same scenario. I got a call. I got... Uh, an email and a call and it said i need you to translate uh what this person said in the audio because the person went rapid and then they send me the dna test results and in all three cases it was a sibling the kid belonged to a sibling oh my god so this kid unfortunately ended up ended up passing and before all of that happened the mom ended up talking to a cop while I was on the line because she got like rabid when they took her blood. She's like, you can't take my, you know, no more sangre. And, and uh, she ends up confessing that in this case, it was her brother who, who did the deed. Wow. Um, and I get a call at one in the morning that same day from a state patrol way up north saying, we hear that you're the interpreter for this case and we, we need you right now. Uh, just bill us whatever it is. We don't care. We need you now. And it was the attorney that had called the other attorney for the state troopers of that state yeah. telling him, this is the guy you need. This guy knows what the fuck is going on. He can read you in or whatever the fuck, which I never do. When they ask me, I'm like, please talk to the attorney. Like, I'm the interpreter. Go the fuck away. Yeah. And they end up putting me on video. And um, he ends up confessing to it, he ends up confessing to, to, to the incest and the rape. And that was like one of those that like really, really hit me because it was real obvious in the beginning because of the way she would interact with family members and the mm -hmm. way they would lie. You know, man, like the, when you've been around this for a while, you kind of start to see how people act and how people approach law enforcement or figures of authority and you normally like you have a good sense of you know you don't say shit as an interpreter you stay the fuck quiet yeah but you know what the fuck is going on yeah. so it was one of the cases that like really um really stuck with me because it showed me like wow like things can go really really bad you know 
Sure. On a positive note, I had a case where these siblings were, were these siblings, uh, these uh, three or four siblings were together. And what ended up happening was that towards the end of everything, the the parents were the ones that were doing the trafficking and the sex trafficking and everything. Uh, two of the siblings stood up and they went to the cops. Um, and when the siblings went to the cops, I got the call. This case took like a year. Then the mom got hit with trafficking. And she got sent back. Like they fucking kicked her ass out of the country, bro. They did not give a fuck. And uh, those those four kids ended up getting citizenship. All four mm. of them. All four of them ended up getting citizenship. And I, I went. I, I showed up to their, their, their swearing in to be... Yeah. Their citizenship ceremony. Yeah. 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 It was, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was real beautiful because, you know, people don't really think interpreters because again, we're like ninjas. Absolutely. We just, we're in and we're out, bro. It's like, you know, it's, it's like a spec op guy in here. Like I'm out, you know, like Batman. <laughs> um, and to hear someone thank me for what I had done, you know, like it was, it was real cool. It was like real surreal. Yeah. Um, but those are the two, like, probably best cases that I have offline. We talked about one also, yeah. but that was like when I quit, you know, when I stopped. Yeah. So that was the, that was the final draw. This is really interesting. Cause when, if, when I first saw interpreter, I'm thinking you're a, I don't know if you're a UFC fan as well. You train jujitsu. I don't know if you're a UFC fan, but when you got a guy from Russia and he comes up there and he just won and he's getting an interview with Joe Rogan, he's got a little guy next to him. Right. And that guy is interpreting for him. That's what I Correct. think of as interpreter. You don't think Correct. of it in a legal sense, right? It's it's. But um, think about it. Think about this. That dude probably needs an interpreter anyway because he he doesn't understand the what people don't understand about language. And this is an argument that you'll hear. It's like I'll just use Google Translate. Let me tell you about Google Translate, man. I had a case in in the schools one time where I got called, and and this is how this is why I say don't use Google Translate. Number one, if you put something that is NDA NDA restricted into Google Translate, you're violating the NDA because Google keeps that to feed it to their AI. Explain NDA. Non-disclosure agreement. Okay. So whenever you're working in legal settings, like you're doing wiretaps or you're doing, you know, let's say like, like I got a couple of times I would get wiretaps, right? Because I had a security clearance to do so. And I would get to translate these. And, you know, sometimes you, you get into these cases that you have to go to like a million things. You'll get a case and it's like, okay, hey, this person's talking with their their lover. Okay. Well, this person is from a, a Mexican culture background. And they're using words in that culture that probably a Puerto Rican dude doesn't know. Which now I do, because I have I have a, a vocal and I have people that I talk to and I have, you know, dictionaries and stuff that I've created myself for for these cases over the years. But you know, let's say that person walks into the hospital, right? Perfect example. And this happened, by the way. Person walks in. They're like, I'm going to use my cousin. My cousin speaks pretty good English. He can speak pretty good Spanish. He's got this. Hey, what's wrong? And the person says, oh, he's he says he's poisoned. Oh, okay. Well, if you're telling me you're poisoned, I have to run certain tests instead of if you were drunk, right? Because there's yeah. different considerations. If you're drunk, right? And this is how you know information is, is correct. There's different rules, different things that I have to do if someone's poisoned versus someone being drunk, right? So that person ends up dying because they were drunk. They were just extremely drunk. They were an alcoholic. And this person lied saying, oh, well, they, 
they they just had like food poisoning, you know, and yeah. this and that. And the person didn't interpret verbatim what was said. And then that person died. Wow, that's interesting. Another I would never have thought of that. As Google Translate, another, I would have just used it. Another clear example. Another clear example, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I had this happen in the schools. A kid sends a kid uh, a little message on a piece of paper. And when I get the call from the schools, they say, we need you to come up here. The cops are getting involved. Like, that's how serious it is. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like, I don't care how serious it is. I'm going to show up and do my thing, and then I'm going to leave. You don't mm-hmm. need to make me – you don't need to try to make an interpreter – stress more because guess what i have no idea what the fuck you're going to talk to me about yeah. when you go into an interpretation sometimes you have no idea what they're going to talk about so you got to go in that rolodex and try to find the word which if you don't do this every fucking day like i recommend people to do you're fucked mm-hmm. so i show up i look at the letter and i look at how it's written now if you would have read the letter and put it on google translate like the teacher did it said i'm gonna fuck you up but if you read the letter and you understood the slang, oh, he was going to fuck him up. All right. <laughs> but he was not going to fuck him up how you thought he was going to fuck. Him I up. got you. you get what I'm saying. Yes, sir. And the, the parents are there and I'm looking and I have a decision to make on game time. I go, do I want to tell these people here or do I want to take them outside? And I was like, not my problem. And I looked at them and I said, the interpreter needs to make a clarification. And I looked at the kids square in the face in front of the mother. And I said, when you say this word, which I can't remember. Uh, do you mean like hurtfully or lovingly? And the kid looked at me, he said, lovingly. And the mom starts realizing what's going on. Oh, there. oh my kids, my kids gay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the mom looks at him and goes, what is homosexual? Like, are you, are you homosexual? And he goes, I, I like, I like him. And the mom goes, ah, that don't bother me. <laughs> is that what you people called me here for? Is this how you treat? And then now the mom yeah. is saying, well, I'm going to sue you because oh, you God. people called the cops on my son for being a homosexual. Oh, my God. And guess God. what? That actually no. fucking. Yes, that actually went to court, bro. That actually wow. went to fucking court. Even after we were like, hey, that's what we thought. Doesn't it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because you started out on the wrong fucking foot. You've created you've called a parent. You've taken two parents out of the school. You have given them information that you had not verified with the interpreter. And then when the interpreter tells you, you've already called the cops and told everybody, this kid's going to kill this other kid. Yeah. I don't know how it ended. Neither do I give a fuck to know how. Yeah. But that's the severity. Like, that's how severe this can get. Like, you're talking about, think about it. Think about it this way, bro. Listen, think about this way. Think about how much power I have. That if I fucking say that you said one word, wrong i could start world war three yeah yeah like you get what i'm saying this Absolutely, is why i say yeah. like it is not a f- that's why when i hear people and people make fun of me you know they're like we'll translate it's like okay motherfucker go ahead keep using it oh you you got out cool no problem all it takes is one time yeah all it takes is one time one time for you to use it in any of those and i have hundreds more that i could sit here and tell you law enforcement there's a case in california where a cop pulled over someone that had 10 keys of Coke, 15 pounds of fucking... Listen, man, anybody who has more than two two keys of Coke in their car, you should probably not hang out with that person, okay? Yes, Like, correct. 100%, we can all agree that person knows someone. You know how <laughs> the dude got, got off? Huh. Wait, he got because off. They used Google, they, he got off of, of everything, and he sued the department. You know how? Because they Google used Google Translate. Translate to read him his Miranda rights. 
Oh my God. You think they would have come in contact with that at some point prior to this guy with all this. Bro, co- you bro, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. People, people don't understand the severity. Dude, think about it this way. Right now is the time that Hispanic people are taking over. It's it's just the way it is. Bad Bunny, right? Uh, Adams, uh, Wednesday, the the TV show. Mm-hmm. That girl's Puerto Rican. I believe she's half Puerto Rican, half Mexican. I'm I'm not 100 percent sure, but I know she's Puerto Rican. Her last name is like Garcia Ortiz or something, or something like that, right? Uh, it's the time. Do you think that Netflix is taking a chance at using uh, AI or or Google Translate to to dub over not their, for their, their sake? Fuck no, they're not, bro. <laughs> fuck no, they're not. You would literally start an international fucking incident if yeah. you don't have a dude like me sitting down. Okay, so he said this word. But in this context, because of this situation, it means this. And I'm not even talking to you about transcreations, which transcreations is where as a translator, you work. This is this happens in the video game industry a lot. Um, you have to create words. Because those words don't fucking exist. A prime Wait, example. So let's say um, Diablo, uh, Diablo, right? The Diablo games. I interviewed their their lead translator. And one wow. of the things he was telling me is like, bro, there were words that we had to fucking create. Like when they were naming the weapons, like, you know, mammoth from the eternal fire, blah, 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 blah. It's like you can't translate that verbatim because yeah. it's going to sound fucking weird. Video games, Monster Hunter, when they translate things into Spanish, how are you going to say mount? You can't say montate because if you say that to a Caribbean person, montate, it's like that basically means like you're flipping me off. Right. Like I'm montate aquí. Like, that's what that means, right? Yeah. So you have to be careful with these things. And that's why people don't get, like, language is a very, like, I love when people say words don't hurt. Listen, motherfucker, if you think words don't hurt, go go to a, go watch a UN summit. You can watch these online. And go watch the dudes in the glass at the rear end of the UN, and mm-hmm. you see them like this. <laughs> and they high-five each other because it's in teams. Yeah, yeah. It's in teams, and you see the guy just in the back. It's like like a fucking like an NBA game. Like really, fucking, dude. Yeah, because think about it. The average person can speak about one hundred and fifty to one hundred and eighty words, right? And that is without the ums, without the pauses, like sure. very beautifully. As an interpreter, you have to be able to translate to interpret at a rate of one hundred and fifty to two hundred and fifty. And 250 words per minute is federal court where they don't give a fuck. They're just going. And you're going. And you're doing what's called whisper interpreting where I speak in your ear. And then when you speak, I speak loudly. But then I speak in your ear. So you hear because, you know, if I'm talking and the judge is talking, it's like, it's too much. It's too much. So we do what's called whisper interpreting. But that's the thing, man, is like people don't understand the repercussions. You know, yeah, if you're doing if you're doing intense. a yeah, if you're doing an interview, let's say you're doing an interview with someone, right? An interrogation and they say one word wrong. <clears throat> I'm sorry. They say a word and you mistranslate it and a, a search warrant gets sent or something. <laughs> For the wrong guy or the. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, That's why it's yeah. a very it's a very dangerous game perfect example i had a guy that uh this was like the first gig i had as a contractor as like my my own business was a guy was trying to hook up with a latina chick 
<laughs> so I would translate what he wanted, what he wanted to say to her. And then I would translate what she would say. Okay. And he ended up getting laid. Like that was this, like, this, this is the Tinder date you're talking about. This is the Tinder date. I got paid $687 for that. <laughs> the dude got laid. So a dude paid $687 to get laid. That's insane. Why don't you just sign up with Tinder? Why aren't you the Tinder interpreter? I don't think six eighty seven a pop. You could do that what twenty times a well, day. It was six eighty seven. It was six eighty seven. But I used to charge twenty five dollars an hour because I didn't realize my worth until I met my mentor yeah. Edgar Hidalgo. And Edgar's like, yeah, I've never met. He's like, I've been doing this for thirty years. I've never met a motherfucker that's done what you've done. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> You're like, uh, it's it's five hundred an hour now. I was like, I was no, nah, it's like one fifty an hour for me, okay. bro. It's like, yeah, I'll tell people. Well, and it also depends on the project, too, because this is the thing that I tell people is if I look at a project and I go, OK, I need other people like I need to bring other people, then that changes the price. You know what I'm saying? Because you when people come to us for a project, a lot of times it's like a one time thing. A lot of times it's, oh, hey, we're expanding our business and we need uh, we need we need to to have our stuff translated. And what I tell people is, listen, if you ever need a consultation uh, for his Spanish services and stuff like that, like if you need to, you know, you want to you want to do like a day for your 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 people who are Hispanic because you have a business that's largely Hispanic and you want to do some things for them or you want to try to see, hey, I want to have a, sen a sensing session with with my Hispanic coworkers, but you need an interpreter. I've done those, too. Um but it's it's really difficult to try to convince people. It, it really is because a lot of people think, oh, interpreter, um, you know, legal problems. That's what it is that they think. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is that, you know, what you should always do when an interpreter is number one, ask them what certifications do they have? There's a lot of certifications out there, you know. Secondly, ask them what degrees they have. And thirdly, you should ask them what re relevant experience they have. Because me, for example, I don't take murder cases because my gun nomenclature in Spanish is not its best, right? Mm. Um, I don't do a lot of medical stuff because I don't like dealing in the medical field and I'm not medically certified, you know? So it's it's a plethora of things. I mean, think about think about the things that you know about, right? That you know pretty well that you could probably teach a three-hour class about. Yeah. And now I have to translate that. Yeah. And I don't know what you know, but I have to know what you know in English, and then I have to learn it in, in Spanish. Yeah. And what about in voice inflection too? Like when you when you're uh, if I'm in court, if I'm in court, I I emulate because I want you know. This was taught to me by someone. If you're in court, always emulate the tone, right? Okay. Um, because you don't want you know. There's a difference between me saying, "Yeah, he hit me," or me saying, "He hit me," like. There's a huge difference, especially if there's sure. a jury, especially if there's, you know what I'm saying? Like there's, oh, absolutely. but that's, that's just more, um, that's more of like the, uh, the interpreter side of things, which is a good question. Most people don't ask that. Uh, but I always try to emulate the inflection of the voice, which I also yeah. teach. Like when I teach people Spanish and they're trying to do it, like I had someone recently come cause they're doing an acting gig and they have a few lines in Spanish and they don't want to fuck them up. And I was like, yeah, easy. We can do this. You know, if you're a gringo, I can make you sound like a like, like a like a brown person like that. You know, you just got to understand that I might be an asshole for a little bit like see it like this. And, <laughs> you know, I also do voice acting 
So like that also goes par and par with it and what I do with my business. But there's a million things that you can do, man. There's a million things that you can do if you know another language. People yeah. just don't, they don't, they don't want to put in the time because they want everything, everything like that, you know? Like, dude, sure. I'm still trying to like get my business up and around and going, you know? And a lot of stuff I give for free because I understand that not everybody has the resources. Yeah. But unfortunately, the freebies are running out. <laughs> yeah, but I bet. So you're you coach these guys then too. You coach new people to do yeah, it. You said it's through the state. Yeah. The what? I'm sorry. It's you said it's through the state. No, that's on my own, man. Okay. Like people, so, people come to me on their own to prepare for stuff. Like interpreters, interpreters don't really understand. Like, hey, man, like you have to prepare. Like if you have court tomorrow and you know you have a big case, mm-hmm. maybe ask the attorney if you can get a copy of the case file. Maybe look at it so you see words that you know are going to pop up. Because like what I'll do is if I have to go to court, right, I'll always ask, what is this for? Let's say it's workers comp, right? Okay, workers comp. Well, I know that there's 15 words in there, in there, in that probably conversation that we're going to have that I have trouble with. So the night before, I'll sit in my bed and just, look up uh like old all the old case files of mine and i'll see words that i i saw pop up because you take notes and then i'll go oh shit yeah that word you know and then you go you go to work that's it like it's just it's it's it man that's it and how do people get hold of you if they want to be i want to be like this this these stories are cool let's say i'm a i'm a young guy i'm like this this is really cool you know i i want i want to learn from you how to i already speak spanish let's just say i don't but (laughs) Let's just say um, I already speak so, Spanish. This guy, I, I want to work in law enforcement. These are cool, interesting stories. I want to do what he does. How do they get? I, How do they jump? First in of all, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend doing what I do to anybody. No, it's, it's very, no, because when you, I would recommend anyone who wants to be an interpreter to take training, to be an interpreter. 100%. It will not only make you uh, a better person, because you're gaining a skill, and anytime you gain a skill, you become better. But it'll also help you understand that there's so much more out there. Because think about this, right? Let's do a little exercise here. Think about all the people that you can talk to right now, right? Give me a number. Uh, and just in, With just one language. Give me one number. How many people you think you can talk to? Oh, hundreds of thousands, millions, millions. Hundreds of, of thousands, right? Now times that by 10, and that's how many people I can talk to. Imagine if I knew three languages. Times that by 20. Yeah. So like anytime you learn a skill, it's good. The reason why I tell people a lot of times that becoming an interpreter is because you have to be really comfortable working with very minimal, minimal to no supervision. It's very nerve wracking because you have, you are your own boss. You are your own worst enemy. And on top of that, you also have to be comfortable in making mistakes and accepting them. And the other thing is, is that, you know, you hold another person's life in your hands. And and this is coming from someone who's been in law enforcement, who's been in, in a combat theater, who's run combat operations, you know, who's been in, in situations that it, it's like you you really have to be careful, you really have to be careful with anything you do when it comes to, to the legal field, because. There's a lot of training that I've had to done over the years, and I'm not even state certified because the state here, number one, the state here has specific dates, hasn't coincided. Number two, 
I have a bachelor's in criminal justice that a lot of times judges go, that's that's easily understandable. Number three, I've never had an issue. Uh, never, never had an issue. Thank God. And number four, I am the type of person that I like to work alone. I I don't work in teams very much. Uh, I do mentor people. I have mentored interpreters. Uh, I mentored three people. One of them owns, he's running a construction company, the, the Hispanic side of things for them. The other one is a, a manager for a big, big bank. He runs the Hispanic side of things. And another one does human trafficking cases up in Kansas City. So those are my three like protégés that I've had so far. Nice. But to get a hold of me, man, it's very easy. You can go, first of all, you can email me at richard at languageninjasolutions.com. You can go on Facebook and find me on Richard Avila's. You can go to our podcast, Rico podcast, and you can also message me and I'll reply, you know, because I talk about we've had episodes where we've talked about some of the stuff we've uh, I've done, uh, which surprised me because there's a lot of stuff that you tend to bury, you know. Sure. Uh, but, you know, man, it's it's not easy being an entrepreneur and being your own boss is not easy oh, yeah. because because everything's on you. Well, it's not it's not on all oh, my parents. No, nah, bro, it's on you. How much money right. do you want to make? Now you will run moments, which, you know, it can happen that it's just dead. So you have to be able to know, like, I look at things the way the military does. If you're not doing what your job is, you should be training for it. And yeah. I think that's that's the biggest thing that has separated me from a lot of interpreters is that if I'm not actively interpreting every day, I take at least 30 minutes to an hour to train. And by God, like, you're just, you know take take some words read some stuff and like do it but it's it's um man you just have to be comfortable having very very minimal supervision because think about it how many people speak the language not only that when i run into people who say they speak spanish it irritates the fuck out of me because a lot of times those people don't understand uh spanish contextually they just understand spanish through what the literature that they read they don't understand slang. They don't understand street street talk. They don't understand drug talk. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like in the military. We have our own um, our own language, so to speak, you know? So that's why I tell people when they're like, I want to become an interpreter. I'm like, go learn Spanish. Go learn Spanish. Go do an immersion in Spanish, which yeah. that'll be, that's like four years of your life right there. Anybody who says they can learn a language in a year, you're fucking full of shit. Either you've had training before, you have the language gene, which that's a thing, or you grew up around it and unconsciously don't realize that you have it. Very few people can can masterfully say, oh, I know this language. Like Spanish is my first fucking language. And there's still words that I see sometimes that I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? You know, so do that. Uh, after that, I would talk to an interpreter, which I'm always available. I I talk to people all the time about this um and then just go from there you know but it's it's a lot of training it's a lot of continuing education it's a lot of learning like right now i'm working on my legal stuff on my i'm sorry on my medical on my medical um terminology yeah so what about this though um mm -hmm. social media is pretty big you can get out there you can make tiktok videos all day long talking about you're an interpreter um instagram stuff youtube videos how often are you involved in all that I'm pretty involved on my TikTok for my personal and comedy page. Mm-hmm. For the interpreting page, 
I haven't really done much with it. I have not really done much with it. And I think that's something that I should probably start doing videos of, you know, phonetically, how to phonetically say the alphabet. That's like the number one thing that irks me that people don't know how to do. Like, for example, like my name, right? Like, how, how would you say my last name? Avilas. Avilas? Avilas, right? It's Aviles. Aviles. In Spanish. In Spanish. Okay. So see, like people, when they say the letter A, right? La letra A. In Spanish, it's called A. In, Span in English, it's A, right? Mm -hmm. in, in English, you have A, B, C, D, E, right? Yeah. And then you have H, I. And then in Spanish, it's A, B, C, D, E, F, E. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah, so like absolutely. phonetically, you have to understand each word. And I think that's something that would probably call the attention on TikTok because it'd be it'd be pretty interesting to to explain that because that's like the number one thing I tell people when they tell me they want to be an interpreter. I'm like, talk to me in Spanish. Yeah. And then they'll talk to me in Spanish, and then it's like, oh, you gotta get rid of that accent. Like, you gotta get rid of that accent, bro. Like, <laughs> that's that's distracting to some people, man. Yeah. Some people. Also, uh, I mean, just the stories involved. I mean, not no one knows. Not like I said it again. I, I said it before. Maybe not nobody knows. But a lot of people don't know what goes into your being an interpreter. Mm -hmm. I, I would never have been like, I mean, I, once you think about it, you're like, oh, yeah, I guess they would be needed for, for the, the criminal side and you know trafficking and all these things. That's not Books. the first thing you think about, right? Telling those stories on TikTok would be really interesting. I they mean, probably banned me. What's that? They probably banned me. I don't know, man. Those are really you don't know? interesting stories. Like, Let's you know, test that theory and I'll let you know how it. it goes. Absolutely. Oh, man. You know. Hey, it's been awesome, dude. I really appreciate it, Rico. Is there anything we're missing? Is there anything we're missing between in, in this, this genre? No, man. I think you, you have definitely asked questions in a more um, professional way than most people probably have. There's very few people who have interviewed me that I can say, oh, that was, you know, when we talk about this subject, I'm like, that was, that was a fun way to, you know, Within reason, it was a fun way to talk about it, you know. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think that's awesome, man. I appreciate it. Cool, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I'm excited to see how this goes for you too, because it's a such an interesting world that you've already been involved in, and that uh, you could keep going. It's super. It is really interesting to me. I, I I'm not. I did not expect it to be like. I mean, when I did research in you, I was like, oh wow, that's kind of cool. And then <laughs> more stories and more stories and more. What did stories. you find? What did you find about me? Because I'm always interested in what. Because like my family told me one day that I was Googleable after I made an appearance on TV, uh, or someone didn't know that I did trafficking cases, and they were like, you know, public speaking can be nerve wracking for a lot of people. You know, how do you handle it? And I'm like, public speaking is not nerve wracking for me. Yeah. And they're like, how so, young man? And I was like, because it's more nerve wracking to try to talk to a human trafficking victim. I got way worse shit. Yeah, and the dude, like, they said it on the air, too. They were like, you set this off air. And I was like, yeah, I can tell y'all didn't do <laughs> You know, like, they, they didn't know better, man. Like, people people just don't know better, man. Me, when yeah. I have someone over, like, I'll find out shit about the guest that they're like, how the fuck did you find out about that? We yeah. knew a guest that had a degree in interpreting, and he didn't know how the fuck I found that out. And I just ran his name on, on a database that gives yeah. me the schools, and it showed up that he had a degree in Italian interpreting. Italian interpreting? Italian interpreting. No shit. Yeah. From um, from the University of California, I think, too. That's Something a, like that. 
How often is that used in, in the United States? An Italian interpreter? Do you think? Italian? Yeah. You'd be fucking amazed. Really? Give me a language and I'll tell you where to go. Hmm. Give me a language and I'll tell you where to go, bro. Yeah. Like anywhere. You just have to find, you have to find your niche. And the thing is you have to find people who are willing to pay. And like, unfortunately, people don't understand that when you're using a language service, like you're not going to see dividends in the beginning. And the problem is with marketing is when people like Verizon does a really good job of of marketing their Spanish commercials. They keep them real simple. They don't use a lot of words. They don't use a lot of crazy words. Yeah. They keep it real simple and they do very well with them. Um, so like that's what you have to be careful because you start using like slang or colloquialisms and stuff like that. And next thing you know, you might be telling someone that you're going to fuck their mom or something like that. See, that's you know? interesting in itself. Only you would know that. Yeah, but then everybody else that you're trying to sell something to would know that. Well, my point is only <laughs> you would know that that it's wrong. Tighten it out. Yeah, exactly. Don't yeah. say oh, so much yeah. shit. Well, well, just yeah. in general, just in the marketing yeah. sense in general. Yeah. Don't say Dude, so I do... many extra words. Yeah. Bring it down. So simple, consulting bro. for T-Mobile, Sprint, or I, fuck anybody. It's easy. It's easy, bro. It's easy. Yeah. Listen, that if Verizon. And, and I have Verizon, obviously. That's why I bring up Verizon because I, I, I've liked them for years. If Verizon walked up to me and said, hey, Richard, we'd like for you to be in a, in a commercial speaking Spanish. I'd be like, cool, no problem. Because all you're doing is you're showing that you, you, you offer that. Because mm -hmm. they have commercials in English and in Spanish. And if you yeah. realize that a lot of people are doing that now. Because it's, it's, an, it's, it's over 30% 30, 30 and growing. It's a yeah. demographic that's over 30% and growing. So why the fuck would you not? Right. When you can go to other countries and expand, like, yeah, it, it, well, forget it, even it, being the actor in the commercial, being the guy, be the guy who uh, consults with all these corporations as to what they should say in every. Oh yeah, but that's not my dream job. Yeah, my dream job would be to to do a one hour class for a couple hundred people charge like five grand and for that hour well it'll be two hours because i always do like an hour of q a um you know teach them about trafficking and like because there's a lot of places that should be wary of it yeah. anybody that that offers a, a a service goods right like um uh you know barbers bartenders mm -hmm. fucking hotel staff bro hotel staff um freaking massage places there. nail places all of these places should 100% be and dude I'd be willing to that would be my dream job is to just do like get a couple grand and just teach people about this shit and yeah. then just just from there dude that would be like my that would be like my dream right there <laughs> let's do that let's do that man I want to see the TikTok videos about you telling these stories and then saying you want to you know help people and teach people about that that's that's mm. the thing man that's mm -hmm. the thing that sounds awesome we'll have to try that out absolutely Right on, man. Well, are you ready for the final question? It has nothing to do with what you do. Oh, God. Okay. This is the final question. This is the big one. <laughs> all right. We are land life. I buy and sell vacant land all over, all over the country. If you could buy land anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? Uh, In, in Missouri. Missouri. Yeah. Where at? Yeah. Probably anywhere that I can be 10 miles away from any motherfucker. Okay. Ozarks. <laughs> is that a big have? Yeah. I live near Ozarks. Okay. Yeah. I'm like five minutes, 10 minutes from, from Ozarks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would live, I would live anywhere where it's just, people would just leave me alone. 
put a bunch of security cameras, put a, a little gun range, um, put some internal defense systems and just be left the fuck alone. Nice. Then, that's that's what saying. I would do. Yeah, dude, that's exactly. But the thing is, is that's what I do already. You know, in my house, not a lot of people come, mm. you know, like when I go home, you know, not a lot of people come. When I go to the studio, not a lot of people know where the studio is. Yeah. So it's just the same thing that I'm doing now, man. It's just at a bigger scale, though. Let's get, it big, let's get you a big 40-acre <laughs> lot with gun, no, a nice gun range, big backstop on the back. Too much. 15. You, got, you need 15, the range. You need the range. 15. No, no, because you do the range underground. Oh, okay. An indoor range. You do an indoor range. Yeah. Okay, you do an okay. indoor range, which it's about $200,000, $300,000, I think, depending on what you want. Yeah. What you what do, man. Yeah, dude. That way, in case, you know, imagine somebody breaks in and you're with your buddies downstairs shooting dude. guns. Big mistake. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Joey, <laughs> we gotta get past Joey. your cameras too. You're, you're gonna see him walking in. Oh yeah, dude. The the dog's gonna get him before. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right on, Rico, man. I appreciate it, dude. Dude, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for thank doing you so this. much for being on. I really do appreciate it, man. That was a super interesting talk. Yeah, man. Anytime, anytime you want to talk more, just uh, let me know. Hopefully, let me know when this pops up so I can promote the crap out of it, man. You've been you've been real nice. Awesome. Yeah, thanks, man. You, you, your story is so cool. Uh, yeah, and when you write the book, we'll definitely talk again. Right, right on, guys. Uh, Till next time, I'll see you on Land Life. <laughs>